When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. The Celtics... They're doing well, beating the Durant-Kyrie-led Brooklyn Nets 126-120 to 120 in TD Garden. Thanks to 54 points from Jason Tatum, including 34 in the second half and 18 in the fourth quarter. Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives, is here to talk all about it. Jackson, how you doing, sir? Ah, oh, tremendous, mate. I, I, I practically sped home from work <laughs> to speak to you. Because this has just been like the best day. Starting, I don't know, for guys in the US, like the game was on at what, 5 a.m. local time here. So you get up, you go through all of the stress and rigmarole that you normally experience around about lunchtime. Uh, But then to get the win, you just, I mean, for a Monday, I was just bouncing around all day. It was so good. Were you you the same? I just could not consume enough Celtics content all day. And it helped in terms of like the encouragement and enthusiasm to prepare for this podcast. Um, Jackson, I hope you didn't speed home too quickly because it is raining torrentially here in (laughs) uh, Sydney and in Newcastle where you are. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you can hear a bit of a pitter-patter in the background, that's what's going on. I'm going to try and EQ this out after the fact, but uh, we'll see how we go. But (laughs) let's not let it uh, rain on our parade here, Jackson, because Celtics, uh, incredible win here today. Jason Tatum, absolutely insane. At this point, I think, Jackson, I'd normally ask, you know, like, what were the keys to this game? But we know what happened here. Like, Tatum basically dominated the Nets and just seized this game. Tatum and Larry Bird, the only two Celtics with four-plus 50-point games in the regular season. Jackson, how does this performance compare to the great Tatum games of, of the past, and what exactly was Tatum doing in this one to be so dominant? Um, look, Ben, I've never had the greatest analytical basketball mind. I lean on you. I lean on Spoons. I lean on Joe. Shout out Celtics Jay as well, too. I lean on his opinions as well, too. Um, dude, for me... Okay, let's just start with how does this compare to Tatum's great game in the past? Um, well, 60 against the Spurs. I think that was against a team that we should be beating anyway. We had no business going behind by 32 points to start with. And getting that out was just more of a remarkable sort of, you know, carry job than it was anything else. 50 points in the play-in, 50 points, I think, in game three against the Nets. You know, these are all tremendous, impressive games in their own right. But I think... What was so impressive was just the context. You know, we're getting into the back end of the season. The Nets are struggling. We had stomped over the Nets the last two times we met them, minus Kyrie, minus Kevin Durant. Now you have both of those guys playing, needing to rescue and do something with their season because they're in free fall at the moment. We're on the up. I I had this vibe like this is just going to be the reality check because Durant is that good. And like for a lot of the game, he was that good. Probably the best thing about this, this why he was, why Tatum was so dominant, I don't know. Why it was such a good game for him is because he just went punch for punch with Durant and on the balance of play, probably played better than him. Yeah. And that's just, that's absurd. Like we're talking about the one of the best, if not the best player in the NBA. And Tatum was right there, probably better than him the whole way. Got us the win. And it's just, you know, for all the, all the, um, all the records that he's like, you know, matched and is on the same level of Larry Bird now, you know, it's just, it just confirms more and more that like this guy is just, is special. And it's put all those fears, at least in my mind, to bed that we had at the start of the year about like what his potential is, where he can be going. And, you know, it might just be one game. It might still just be the regular season. We got to see in the postseason, but it's just confirming that he is really an elite level talent for me. So I don't know if I answered your question there, Ben, but that's the vibe that I got from this Jason Tatum game. Well, the vibe I'm getting from you, Jackson, is that this was better than any of those sort of previously dominant Jason Tatum games in the past. It just felt, Mm. just feels bigger than anything prior, not just for him, but for the team. And 
but the last three games for the Celtics, it feels like we've been able to say like this was the best game of the season. That that second half comeback against the Hawks, uh, that sort of end to end fairly dominant win against the the Jama Jama led Grizzlies, and now this win against basically a full strength Nets. Um, no disrespect to, to Ben Simmons there, but you know with Kevin Durant back and like he walked into some ridiculous jump shots in this game and just knocked him down like he hadn't missed any time and. You know, there were, uh, I guess, like quite early in the first quarter, I was like, how can we win this game? Because our defense is doing everything that we've come to know it to do. And Durant is just shooting consistently over it and, and scoring. And yet Tatum, like you said, went punch for punch. 54 points, 53% from the field, 53.3% from three. 14 of 17 from the free throw line. Just insane, yeah. like Embiid, Harden-like free throw numbers. And I know a lot of those came sort of in quote-unquote garbage time. Five boards, three assists, and a plus 12 in a game that we only won by six. Just uh, insane. Like I, you know, like we set up the top there, I've just been on this high all day that I, I don't seem to be able to, to fall off of. I want to give credit to, to KD, and this is from user 256 DAC. They said, Kevin Durant is so good. He may be as good as Jason Tatum one of these days. <laughs> if he keeps working hard, <laughs> saying his prayers, and taking his vitamins. Um, so best of luck to you, Kevin. It's Durant. a lot to live up to, <laughs> to be as good as Jason Tatum. Absolutely. But, you, know, you can hope. You can dream. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tatum driving and getting to the bucket, putting pressure on the rim, hitting his three, which opened up those sort of aforementioned aspects with the driving and, and getting to the bucket, drawing fouls, and also crazy good, fantastic individual defense on Durant on multiple possessions. And we saw yeah. a few guys go at Durant from, from the Celtics. He, got, he kind of got switched onto a few different defenders. And, and Tatum, like, was as good defending Durant as he was attacking Durant or attacking the rest of the Nets. Um, I don't know. What, what did you like from Tatum, aside from his scoring, which is the obvious? What are the aspects of his game sort of stood out to you? Yeah, yeah. It goes without saying how good the defense was. Um, there was one sequence, I think, in the third quarter where he just was so aggressive and in his face. And I thought, it, Durant pulls up to shoot a three. And I thought, this is going to be, you know, a, a foul. It's going to be three uh, three free throws. It happened a couple times um, with Durant and it didn't. It was just really good defensive pressure that um, that forced the miss. Yeah. Um, I think he had four fouls as well, too. Maybe late in the third quarter. I could be wrong about that, but stayed out of foul trouble. Didn't do anything, you know, silly or commit any you know significant offensive fouls as far as I'm concerned that you know would have shifted the rotation a little bit I think it might not show up in the box score because I think he only had three assists but I thought he always well, I mean not always but I thought for the most part he was just making the right play for sure and sometimes the play was shooting eight threes which <laughs> go in or cutting to the basket and just you know just tearing up the defense but I mean the, the dagger three from Jalen like right at the end that you, you would have thought like the last shot the, the shot that's potentially the dagger is going to the guy that had I think like 51 at the time no he kicks it out to smart smart then makes the better play to Jalen Brown Jalen Brown fakes out Dragic, knocks it down, that's the game. But, you know, you got to give credit to Tatum for that play as well too. And I don't know if he does that earlier in the year or certainly not like in the years beforehand. So, you know, making the right play, taking your shots, having that that big superstar energy vibe that he had and doing it in a game against opposition that really matters. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, probably just retreading old ground here, but it was, it was so <laughs> awesome to see. It was just such a complete... A mesmerizing performance from Jason Tatum. All-time good vibes game, I think, in, in recent memory at least. I think the last time I felt this good was when we won Game 7 against the Raptors in the bubble playoffs. Like, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it just feels good to be a Celtics fan right now. And tomorrow we're going to wake up and all the national media attention is going to be there. It's going to be, you know, I don't know, Richard Jefferson and everyone on ESPN and Zach Lowe talking about the Celtics as legitimate contenders, which I think, like... That's the, everyone now can make a legitimate case for that. And if you had told me that earlier in the season, like after we dropped that game to, was it the Raptors or the, the Rockets or something quite early on, even that first game against the Knicks, the Bing Bong Knicks, whatever happened to them uh, in, in double overtime first game of the season, like I would have told you to, you know, 
fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like we've come so far. Do you remember that game against? Do you remember that game against the Clippers where we were always like we were like one for like forty from three yes. or something like that? Yeah. I was like, where did, where did this team come from? The ashes of of that shambles. We got rid of Dennis Schroeder and did some voodoo, and all of a sudden, look at us. Like we're, right, right. We're up there. There yeah, must be some remarkable. voodoo, right? Because this is just an insane uh, turnaround. And we'll get to Udoka and his his coach of the month uh, award a little bit later. Mm. But I just, we need to just hang on Tatum for a little bit because it was just such a good performance and he was clutch and, and not just at the end of the game and, and Corrales likes to talk about how, how clutch like is something that can occur not just in the last few minutes of the game. Early in the second, the Nets went up a couple of possessions um, worth of points. You know, they suddenly back-to-back threes from Tatum and then with the Nets, they went up seven without... Uh, with about four minutes left in the second quarter. Tatum just clawed us to within two to end the half. Then the Nets go on an 11-0 run towards the end of the third quarter. And I don't know about you, Jackson, but all these times when the Nets go up by by more than like a possession or two's worth of points, I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, it's Durant. It's Kyrie. Like, now we're playing a good team. Like, now we're going to lose. Like, there's no way. Like, we're, we're starting to let go of the rope here. But Tatum goes on this... Epic run again in the final minute of the third quarter. Scrapes us back to close out the third quarter. And then obviously the whole fourth quarter, but particularly the last five minutes, unstoppable and just made Mm. the exact right play every single time. And it's a gift. Like for myself and I think most fans, you go into a game like this against a team like the Nets, against a guy like Durant, pretty much just thinking like, I hope we win somehow. And then for the ensuing headline to be Tatum drops the Nets with 54 points and all of the hype on NBA Reddit and ESPN and on this national stage, it's just super enjoyable. Like, it's so good. Like, you just got to lap it up and who knows what's going to happen in the next game against the Hornets. Maybe Terry Rozier will drop like 70 on us and, and destroy us. So, it's important that we <laughs> pause and just soak this in because with this game and the few games prior, like, this is... It, it feels like we're peaking here um, and hopefully we can continue and, and raise what our potential peak uh, is. But um, it just uh, just feels really good. Have you got any other sort of final thoughts on Tatum before we, before we move on from that part of the game? I mean, there were some really pretty plays as well that he made as well too. I think the one that everyone's going to remember is when he had the dribble that was for all money going to be a turnover. Tyree was going to nick it off him and he just somehow like gathers it back, jumps through and then... I'm going to call it like a posterizing layup on Nick Claxton. Yeah, Claxton, he just, he goes right into his body, lays it in, and then just knocks him to the ground, like stomps over the top of him. Like if that was a, if that was any kind of a, of a dunk, that would have been like play of the year. I, I don't care what else has happened before or may come after it. It just would have been so epic. So that was amazing to see. There was also a sequence, I think, when he had a three, gave it to Rob Williams, faked out Kyrie, ran immediately to the corner three and knocked down a three and just bought himself all that time. Like there was so many players as well too that were just pretty to to watch as well too. So I don't know. I feel if I keep talking about Jason Tatum, like, you know, I'm going to start calling my girlfriend Tatum. (laughs) Her name. Sorry, Aaron. Um, I'm going to be calling out Jason Tatum's name in my sleep tonight. That's that's where I'm at. It was such a good performance uh, and such such an awakening like for everyone. And, you know, I was listening. I, I played basketball tonight. We lost, but it didn't matter. Not going to bring me down from my high. And I was driving home and listening to today's Bill Simmons pod. He's even talking praise about the Celtics. And he has this sort of like, I don't know, this situation where he feels like he can't talk about the Celtics, um, at least, you know, from a positive standpoint, because like he's been painted with that Celtics homer brush for such a huge, you know, portion of his career. Even he's now like hyping them up as a potential, you know, contender finals contender whatever it may be so um it it just feels like an awakening for not only the celtics and their fans but also sort of everyone on on the on the fringes you're right it is an awakening it feels like you know he's had a lot of good games so far this season but this is like the statement game i feel like every year he has like a statement game like there was the clippers game i think a couple years ago we're going up against Kawhi and paul george last year obviously there was the spurs game if you could call that a statement game maybe the play-in was that but this is the thing i think figures come right at this time of the season going into the playoffs with all the momentum that we've got on a national TV against Kyrie and Kevin Durant to do that, like, you just, yeah, you can't ignore him anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Everything that he did within three minutes and 30 seconds left in this game was completely perfect and impeccable. 
Like we went up by eight with six minutes to go. And after that, like he got a little bit carried away for a second, but you can't blame him at that point. Like he took a couple of bad shots. I think at one point he took a pull up with like four hands, two different defenders like right in front of his face. He took another out of rhythm three. Again, you can't blame him based on the game that he had. Brooklyn came back, you know, within that that margin of time to lead by one with uh, just under, I want to say just under three minutes and 10 seconds to go. Then Tatum gets to the line, puts us back up by one. After that comes probably the best play of the game. You mentioned it earlier, Jackson, in transition. Tatum gets the ball on the right wing, splits this double team of Bruce Brown and Kyrie Irving, and then, like, crosses back out of the double team that he just split his way through. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. And then just takes it right to the teeth of Nick Claxton, finishes for two, just screams at the crowd, screams at the referee. Uh, and then he has, you know, Kyrie posted up on on the next possession. And, you know, he's so hot at that point. He's, he's taken a few bad shots, like I mentioned, but he passes out of that wide open, sorry, out of that double team to a wide open Marcus Smart who, you know, unfortunately airballs the three, but it was the right play to make. And then coming down back on defense in transition, he's like patting Marcus Smart on the head like, it's all right, mate. Like, you, you made the right shot. It's all good. Like, we're, we're going to win this together. And just that leadership, um, mm. that presence of mind. And this is a guy we were talking about, you know, on the podcast earlier this season. Like, who can he be? Is he capable of being who we need him to be? Nothing else matters if he doesn't, you know, raise himself to those expectations. And now, like, I feel like he's exceeded them. Like, it's it's incredible. Am I overreacting to to one or two games, or are you there with me? I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't I don't think so because we've we've tentatively known what he's capable of or what his potential is for a while. I think we second guess ourselves a lot, particularly the first half of the season, because you look at the performances, you know, you look at his performances, and you're like, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't, um, you know, what a, a potential MVP candidate should be doing. But you know, to be turning on it now at, at this time of the year, like as it's getting serious, as like momentum is going to be really important going into the playoffs, like you couldn't be asking for anything more. And I think, you know, I think maybe. It's it's too even if he if he continues this kind of tear like for the rest of the year I think it's probably too late to get involved in you know the MVP discussion or things like that but it's it's just a reminder that he is who I think we all tentatively believe he he can be and you know that if you watch the ESPN broadcast like I think they probably said about eight hundred and fifty seven times that he's only twenty four years of age but <laughs> I mean it just it bears repeating because. You know, you think about all the other, you know, premier players in this league, you know, late 20s, you know, mid 20s at the absolute earliest. You know, I mean, technically it's like mid 20s and stuff. But like, I mean, you've got like you've got Luca and you've got him. And then like, who else is in that like age bracket that, that, you know, that you could hang your hat on as being, you know, that kind of guy? Maybe I'm as a glaring omission that I'm forgetting somewhere. How old's Giannis again? Is he 26? I want to say he's like 26. How old is Giannis? Come on, Google. Yeah. Deliver. Even if, even, if it, even if it's only two years 27. older than him. I th- I, 27. 27. Yeah. There you go. I think that's. A f- I think three years is a fair enough gap to like sort of split their generations in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, he's a senior. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. Precisely. So, yeah, no, it's, it, you can only be, even if it all comes crashing down over the next few weeks into the playoffs, then, I mean, that sucks. But, I mean, you can't forget performances like the 60 against the Spurs, like the 40. Two, I think it was against the Clippers or the fifty-four today. Like he's 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 going to be something. He's going to be something that we that we we hope him to be. I'm pretty sure now. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. Very exciting stuff. There's a, a post here on the sub. You know, there's a flurry of of posts on Celtics Reddit after a game like this, which is to be expected. This one's from post uh, or user rather technical ninety-five. They say it's exciting to think that Tatum hasn't reached his peak yet, which is very exciting and they go on to say think of how well he's been playing now especially today and when you realize that he hasn't even reached his peak yet the league should be scared to face him he's only going to get better and i'm so happy to be able to witness his growth in real time and like you know let's just say that's obviously born out of the moment a little bit and he's probably going to have more bad games in in his future that we'll have to sort of live through but jackson yeah Looking at a game like today in this recent stretch, and if you look at his averages through March, which is obviously a small sample size, it's only the 7th of March as we record this, like mm. he's been great. What sort of 
aspects of his game does he need to improve to really be considered uh, sort of on that top echelon of, of NBA players? I don't think we didn't see a lot of it today, but I still think he has a tendency to get maybe a little frustrated when he doesn't get the foul call. Like he yeah. was getting it today. He had 17 free throws. So, I mean, that's that's something that, you know, wasn't an issue necessarily today. But, I mean, based on the evidence that we've seen so far, I mean, the shot selection is, is, is better. The playmaking is better. The defense is, you know, today incredible. Um, you know, it's, it's probably the wrong time to be asking me, like, what more does he need to do? Can he coming <laughs> off of something, something like that, too? I think we're going to get to the Kyrie stuff a little bit later, but I was a, t- a tiny bit disappointed to see him shushing the crowd when they were they were getting into it. Maybe you and I disagree on that. I know he was doing it because he was like, guys, Jalen Brown is trying to shoot free throws to put this game away. So yeah. d- let's not get involved into that. I would have preferred it if he was just like, you know, like, just kind of like started laughing and just like doing that. And stuff. But that's just, that's just a personal opinion. Maybe if he was just like a, a more unashamed like the, the same way that Marcus Smart is like just absolutely no question about it will die for for the for Boston and the Celtics I don't feel I get that from him but like hey you don't need him to be that guy you need him to go out and get 54 against the Nets and 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 do all the things that he's doing and, and there's no reason to think that he's you know he's unhappy or whatever you know it feels very much like he's his team so I'm convinced he's here for the long haul if he just keeps doing what he's doing and he grows, you know, just the way that he's doing and he becomes more of that leader, um, you know, matures, then there's nothing more I could really, really ask for him at, the, at this point in time. Did you see that he wore a T-shirt comprised of like pictures of Celtics yes. legends walking into the game? As if the vibes well, weren't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. He needs to be wearing. He needs to be wearing that shirt like every day for every playoff game. Yeah, I think. just get the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you don't have to waste time with the shirt. Just walk in shirtless every day. Same great image. Eventually, tattoo yourself next to the legends. Once you won a couple of titles with the Celtics. You know that shot of um, Russell and, and Red on um, on the shoulders and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you can do that. Except it's him and Jalen Brown. Like just face swap them yeah. out. Maybe that would be poor taste, but I mean, shit, I'd love it. <laughs> start, I'd, I'd, I'd buy a shirt of that. Start yeah. smoking cigars just unapologetically on yeah. the bench while yeah. on his little exercise bike. It's all good. Uh, Absolutely, so good. So last ten games for Jason Tatum, thirty-two points, uh, averaging obviously seven boards, five assists, eight point five three th- free throw attempts. Excuse me. 36% from three and over nine attempts uh, on over 90 t- nine attempts per game from three. So just uh, really trending in the right direction at the right time. Shouldn't feel like a surprise to us at this point, Jackson. Like we, like we should know after the All-Star break is when Tatum sort of makes his ascension. But yeah. with a year like what we've had and the beginning of the season like what we've had, I feel like fans can excuse themselves and in terms of thinking like, well, I don't feel like it's happening this year because, right, yeah. like we were all there. It just didn't feel like it was going to happen. Like we were even going to get into the playoffs, you know, let alone the play-in. And now it's like we might make the finals. Crazy. I think two months ago, you, Joe and myself sat here and I think we were having a genuine dead serious conversation about should we be tanking right now? Yeah. It's probably the right thing to do. Yes. Let's do that. So, look, as much as I can't stand Duma naysayers <laughs> to pretend that everything we went through from October through to December wasn't putrid and, you know, just just depressing is just a flat-out lie, okay? The, the nature of the NBA and the nature of supporting any sports team in general is it, you're going... It, sometimes it's just going to do this. Sometimes you just flatline and it's terrible the whole way, okay? That that happens. Sometimes you, you're spoiled and everything's brilliant. Sometimes it's just a bit of both. So to, to say that, you know, we thought... Tatum wasn't going to have this kind of performance so we weren't going to be in the position, you know, in November. That doesn't mean you were wrong then. It just means what we're witnessing is a really, really special turnaround. And I think a really special turnaround, you know, you can obviously attribute that to the coaching staff. You can attribute that to the like the likes of Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, et cetera, et cetera, the acquisition of Derek White. And you can also attribute it to, the, you know, the maturity and the, the, the budding superstarness of Jason Tatum. And to I think regardless of what ends up happening this season, I think we're comfortably I wouldn't say I don't want to jinx it yet. I still <laughs> still have that twinge of paranoia. I think we're comfortably out like avoiding that play-in game. I think we're gonna make the playoffs. So regardless of what happens in the playoffs, I think we can look at this season as 
as it's like we we earned this this feeling here. We went through a lot yeah. of shit and we came to a point where it feels sweeter and like it almost feels like a bonus from here. Whatever happens, but having said that, I'll still be devastated and I'll still start doubting the future if we go out in the first <laughs> round or we don't we don't make serious noise. But um, yeah, you feel like it. You feel like that's more. You feel like that's unlikely. You feel like you know where. It, it's going to be like second round or East East finals, you know, for us at the moment based on the way that we're playing. Yeah, I managed to convince uh, a friend of mine today that like Celtics fans deserve this. And he's like, what do you mean? Like 17 titles. And I'm like, one one title in my lifetime. Yeah, one since been alive. Several yeah. deceased <laughs> players, you know, injuries out the wazoo. Mm. Gordon Hayward's injury... M- <sighs> Like, I don't want to sound insensitive here, but may as well have been another fatality. Like, as far as the team's makeup was concerned, like, it was, you know. And so, like, we we do deserve this, right? Like, so it's, I don't know. I don't quite know how to quantify it. Obviously, I'm excited, but just um, the emphasis on just enjoying it for what it is and and the, the trajectory ahead of us seems very promising, not for the first time, but certainly right now, it's something that we should, uh, we should bask in, which we certainly are, Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I think we've 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 done it organically too. We haven't we haven't made the superstar trade. We haven't had a bunch of superstars come and play for our team or or whatnot. You know, it's a it's a rookie GM, a rookie coach with players that we have drafted as, for the most part ourselves, and we've built a squad from what was a gigantic pile of shit into something that now threatens to be a banner. So yeah. I mean, regardless of what happens, this has been this is this is this is just a great feeling to be, to have right now. Uh, zooming out a bit. What did the team do holistically to win this one? Other, you know, obviously there are other contributors to to this victory. What was the game plan? The defense has been rightfully getting a lot of praise, Jackson, but the the Nets dropped 120 points on us. So, what was the focus mm-hmm. for the Celtics in pulling this one out? I still think you can play good defense and, and give up a lot of points. And I'm sure I'm sure basketball experts could tell me that that's the dumbest thing they've ever heard. And I'd be like, okay, that's fair enough. But uh, the eye test is something that like gets gets thrown around in basketball circles. I mean, the the defensive the the eye test of our defense like it looked it looked good to me, you know. But there wasn't we weren't giving up wide open shots, you know. Like Kevin Durant's going to get what is going to do what Kevin Durant does, you know what I mean? Kyrie Irving. I don't think he was terrible, to be honest. Everyone's like, oh, I had an awful, awful game. I don't think he was that bad. I just don't think he was, you know, anywhere near the level that he can be, which we are, we know from we've been on both sides of that. <laughs> I think what I think what the 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 positives came is like, you know, someone like a Seth Curry, you know, could could have easily had like like eight threes against and us. And he has, you know what I mean? The sixes think, before, yeah, absolutely. And what do you have? Eight points, took six shots. So I mean, if that's the coaching scheme of the Nets saying just look for Kevin Durant at all costs and if you have all happens to come your way and you can't get it to him then that's your shot well okay that's fine but I think I, th- I think we did just about everything we could do against them and it paid off for the most part like I mean, again, I, this is probably nonsensical the way that it's sounding, but defensively, I really couldn't, I really didn't have much of an issue. Maybe we gave up a little bit, a little few too many rebounds at times. Yeah. Maybe you just remember the ones when you don't get them when you really need them. So that was, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit annoying. But I, I don't recall there being a vast disparity or like any particular time where we were getting slaughtered outside of what Kevin Durant, you know, can can do as as an all time great NBA player. Yeah, I feel like it's a it's such a realistic scenario that Steve Nash in the locker room before the game was just like, "Hey, Kevin, like their defense is insane. So if you get the ball, just shoot a man." And like. For a while, yeah. that looked like a very, you know, uh, you know very successful strategy because he was. He just caught the yeah. ball. You know, he shot over Robert Williams' outstretched arm. Basically, mm. everyone not named Jason Tatum wasn't able to stop him. Fortunately, Jason Tatum plays for the Celtics and we won the game. But watching the game again, like I thought our defense, like you said, was pretty solid despite giving up that many points. And there was clear intent from Brooklyn's offense to get either Al Horford or Rob Williams switched onto their ball handler, so either Kyrie or, or KD, and then attack that mismatch. But as we've learned, Jackson, like that's not really a mismatch. Both Rob and Al did a solid job staying in front of their man. But KD, was, you know, he's just pulling up from everywhere, splashing shots. Again, credit to Tatum, who was really the only one-on-one defender that gave KD any trouble. 
Um, our double doubles, our double doubles, our double teams on KD were pretty effective. Like he had seven turnovers uh, at the end of the game, which I it was a stat that I was surprised to see. Like I, I didn't think he was that bad passing out of those doubles, mm-hmm. but uh, it turns out that was a pretty effective strategy. And on the other side of the ball, our offense was clearly looking to go at Kyrie Irving and at Seth Curry, and there was some early intent to, to rack up some fouls on KD. I thought JT had a really good play early in the game where he got the ball going downhill, and there was Jalen Brown and Grant Williams so open on either corner, and he, he had those passing lanes, and from what we've learned from JT, he had to have seen them, but he had a, a KD in front of him with his arms up, and rather than make those passes, knowing that that would be KD's second foul, he just like mm. dived into him or dove into him or whatever you want to call it, and, and drew the second foul and like made that decision in like half a second, which is insane. Um, yeah. And it didn't really result in anything. Like Nash didn't pull KD, and like at no point was he really in any foul trouble. But to like think that thoroughly through what that moment means to you and then react so positively uh, is so good. So again, back yeah. to singing the praises of Jason Tatum. But um, I thought the game plan was solid and the team seemed to execute it quite well. Yeah, it may not have happened against Durant today, but it might happen against, you know, Embiid, yeah. you know, in the playoffs or a Harden or, you know, take any other star player who's going to try and guard Jason Tatum. If he can, if that's, if that's the mindset and if that's the defensive scheme and that's like the execution or that's the mindset that we have and we keep, keep doing that, then it, that's, that's the right play as far as, as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah, no, it was, like I said, it, just because you give up 120 points doesn't mean the defense is bad. Convert, You know, you score 130 points by taking bad shots that just happen to go in. That doesn't mean you have good offense. Yeah. So I think that was one of those situations where, despite the stat, the, 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 the score line, I think we all know that that was a good defensive display. Sure. Shot making was definitely a factor. The Celtics made 17 threes versus Brooklyn's 12 21 fast break points for the Celtics, but the drive and dish game was solid. 25 team assists, which seems low. Like rewatching the game, it felt like the ball movement was a, a lot more solid than that. It would manifest more assists than that, but you know, they had uh, several more assists than, than the Nets. And uh, just the late game D on Durant, just swarming him, trapping him, um, getting the ball out of his hands and, and forcing some of those turnovers and forcing other incompetent players like Kyrie Irving <laughs> to to try and win the game. Uh, Amen. So good to see. Um, so good. And, and who knows what the addition of, of Ben Simmons will do to that, that roster. Yep. It's certainly not any outside shooting. I don't know, Jackson, if you saw the clip of... <laughs> of Ben's sh- <laughs> notable Australian, Ben Simmons, like getting some shots up, some one-handed, like... Ben Simmons shoots at practice volume number 7,000. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. And like, this that. was not a good addition to that series. It was it was bad. Um, no. Before we move on, we've kind of touched on it. I, I've got two notes here, Jackson, that you've hit on. So I'm curious to hear if you've got anything else. It, you know, it wasn't the perfect game for the Celtics. Are there any sort of negative aspects or takeaways from the game plan or execution that come to mind? The one, the, the two things I can think of, and one is not really a team thing. I thought it was Derek White's Worst game, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, r- rather ineffective. Again, probably not required when you've got, you know, the, the type of game that Tatum is having. Um, we were up eight with about five minutes to go, I think. And then we it was like a blink of an eye and we were down one. Yeah. You know, you do that at your peril. Like as it, The energy may be different. You may now get in situations like that where we can arrest that. Tatum, you know, goes to the line. We start to, you know, wrestle the momentum back a little bit. You know, that's wonderful to see. But, you know, it, being up eight points against like a pretty talented and serious opponent in a game that matters and then you give up like a 9-0 run like in the clutch, basically, that's that's bad news, hey? So, and I think what, what we missed nine free throws. I think Tatum missed his, didn't he say he missed his first two free throws? On like that, that on those three yeah. that he had to begin with, yeah. <laughs> Daniel like, Tice missed that a bunch was, as well. When I saw that, I was like, oh, sh- this is yeah, this is going to be a shit game." And yeah, Tice I think missed like 150 of them. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so like yeah, making missing free throws and giving up leads in in those situations, you know, aren't aren't great. Mm-hmm. But again, when you have when you have someone like Jason Tatum is going to score 54 points for you, it's it, it's hard to dwell on those, you know, too much. And that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, rebounding was a problem as well, and second chance points. We we yeah. lost the battle 
in both of those regards and just an unfortunate callback to Celtics teams of past where like that was always our biggest detractor. But, you know, back in those days, we didn't have Jason Tatum. So, like, I guess those are problems we can solve now. <laughs> there were some other... Oh, actually, complaining to the refs, Jackson, you mentioned that. But mm. for all of the times that Tatum stops and complains to the ref and then gives up a four-on-five advantage at the other end, that just seems like such a solvable problem. For Tatum, like, he's... You know, we've talked yeah. about ad nauseum. He's He's you know, climbed the mountain of all of his detractors and all of his issues so far in his career. And he's, he's really made, you know, strides in every aspect of his game. Surely stopping and complaining to the refs rather than getting back on defense is like the most easily solved issue. Just like, just don't do that. Just get back on defense. Like, you know, like you didn't get the call. They're not going to stop the game because you, you know, throw your arms up in the air. Like there's a game going on. Meanwhile, just get back on defense. Like, I really want to see that improvement from yeah. him because it's very, very frustrating to see him continually give up the advantage to the other team. The the thing that sucks the most about that, though, is that there are so many players out there who do winch the refs, who do get the call. Yeah. So I can I, I see where he he's not I don't know he's not, he's not consciously doing it. And what do I mean by that? He's probably done it his whole life, and he's probably gotten those superstar calls as like you know. He's obviously the best kid at his school, his high school, college, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you probably are like catered to to some degree to getting those calls, particularly if you're like, you know, but what the fuck was that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You're the best guy here. Of course, if you missed the layup and then you, got, you must have gotten fouled. So, yeah, I, I'm with you that it, it should be something that's easily solvable, but it's probably been in him for a while which sucks. So I hope it, he goes more of the route where, yeah, he does start to, you know, stomp that out rather than, you know, your likes of, you know, the LeBrons or the Hardens or even the Luka Doncic's, you know what yeah. I mean? Like those guys are constantly bitching at the refs. And I think for the most part, it works out for them. So if there's anything that, you know, if if, if there's anything that we know about like the, the world or the NBA, like not being fair, it's just like you know, some, some <laughs> things like that, you just, you just, for whatever reason, just, just, just happen for those guys and not for others so yeah i i mean i i too i don't i'm rambling a little bit at this point too but yeah i don't enjoy it either and i'd like to see him get out of it but i mean it's probably something we're gonna have to put up with with him for for a while to come still I think. yeah and like you're not rambling because at this point we are nitpicking right like there are so few holes True. to yeah. poke in his game and it, it comes down to like almost a non-basketball element right it's just like <laughs> Like, who are you as a person? Like, stop complaining. Just get back on defense. Mm. But, like, also, we love you. We love the way you're playing basketball. So, please, yeah. I'd rather, <laughs> keep being you. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather him winch the refs and give up the odd, you know, four on five rather yeah. than have, like, you know, <laughs> bad he, bad knee or something like that, you know. I'll take that every day of the week over, like, some, like, rickety, you know, you know injury or whatever. But, um, hey, touch wood. I, didn't, I did not mention injuries in Jason Tatum, by the way, so if that if it happens. <laughs> Don't blame Jackson. So, we no. <laughs> talked about Jason Tatum. We talked about sort of the, the broad team strategy. There were some other key contributions in this game, though. Let's start mm. with the birthday boy, Marcus Smart. 14 points, <laughs> 9 assists, 7 assists in the first half, just a real floor general, well and truly established as an NBA caliber starting point guard at this point. I don't, does anything stand out? Anything jump off the page for you, Jackson, as far as Marcus Smart's contribution to this game? No, it didn't. And those are the best right? kind of Marcus Smart <laughs> games. A, I think thing. we've talked about this yeah. before. There's probably a play or two I'm, I'm forgetting that was awesome from him. Actually, no, I remember one. First or second quarter behind the back pass to Robert Williams, yeah. who was completely open for a dunk. Yeah. That was something I remember thinking to myself, ooh, that's nice. Same like that behind the back pass um, that he gave the other week against the other, day, the other day against the Grizzlies. It kind of like, he obviously had that on his mind, came off again. That was awesome. But no, where Marcus Smart is not the focal point or, you know, making the headlines or being the most important player in the game visually, like as you're watching it, that's that's a good sign as far as I'm concerned. So for him to for him to do everything that he had to to keep getting Tatum those shots, to keep that defense moving, to keep the ball moving around like he did, you know, it's it was one of the perfect Marcus Smart games as 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 far as I'm concerned, purely because it just wasn't that memorable for him. Yeah, there. right. <laughs> and it's as weird as that is, that's just that's that seems to just be be true. <laughs> Five turnovers and I think 
for the most part, most of those turnovers yeah. resulted in and dead balls. So it wasn't like you're suddenly giving up a transition bucket on the other end. Smart was crucial in this game. He's been crucial in every game in this stretch. You mentioned the the sexy behind the back pass to Rob Williams. That was actually a really good mm. example of the Celtics going at Seth Curry. Like Smart got switched onto him, acting as the the screener for Jalen Brown, who then fed the ball back to Smart, and he just blew by Curry. And you know, Marcus Smart, we wouldn't necessarily associate him as like a blow by guy, but he just got straight no. by Curry. Uh, Aldridge has to come to help, and then bam, behind the back pass to Rob. Just like simple. Like, it's a fancy-looking play, but fundamentally, it's a simple play, so it was really good to see. They also had that four-point play off a JB, Jalen Brown, kickout during some critical non-Tatum second quarter minutes as well. So, uh, happy birthday to Marcus Smart, 28, uh, in his prime, I guess, like, as far as, like, the age of an Mm. NBA player, right? He's like, this this is prime Marcus Smart, which is fun. Every night, we're watching prime Marcus Smart. That's, uh, That's good to see. Al Horford. 13 points, 6 boards, 4 assists. The key stat, though, 3 of 6 from 3, and Doris Burke said this on the broadcast, 41% from 3 in his last 15 games. Huge, yes, huge element to the yes, Celtics please. offense. It makes such a difference when he's knocking down the shots, you know, because we're never going to get a three-point shot out of Rob Williams, at least not anytime soon. Um, you know, Horford, he isn't, you know, he isn't the guy that he used to be, but he doesn't have to be. He, he's He's got plenty of it up here. And, you know, as we saw, <laughs> I think he was guarding like Kyrie at one stage yeah. and he managed to stay in front of him for the most part. So, you know, he's he's certainly not, he's certainly not washed by any stretch of the imagination, even though we all may have been guilty of thinking so earlier in the season for whatever reason. But yeah, when he's hitting that shot, when his, when his three-point shooting is is good, it's a different element. It's another layer to this offense that, you know, is so, so, so valuable to have. So, yeah, that's probably, you know, for all the for, for all the accolades and for all the gushing that we've done over Tatum, Horford finding his three-point shot is probably one of my favorite, almost positive aspects of this team in the last <laughs> few weeks, for sure. For sure it is. Yeah, we've gone from this, like, double big, this is untenable situation to two of the most mm. complimentary big men to ever share the floor really just on both ends offensively and defensively <sighs> like I, I apologize if you're like a like a, a negative Celtics fan um you we're obviously like <laughs> why at this stage <laughs> how why? could you be right? <laughs> yeah. obviously we're just riding so high on it just feels like all aspects of the team are, are really just like humming along at their highest potential mm. uh and and they are including Al Horford's three-point shot so so good to see Jalen Brown 21 points, 5 assists, 3 of 6 from 3. Looked super rusty to begin with. No way that ankle is 100%. But then he hit some huge shots in this game to keep it close. Obviously, the insane clutch 3 to ice the game in the 4th. But also, um, yeah. like he had a transition pull-up 3 with 7 minutes left in the game to put us up by 4. That was, uh, that was off a missed KD pull-up midi. So that's a five-point swing. Like he, he sort of perfectly supplemented, and like you've got to factor in the the ankle injury here because he wasn't the best that we've known him to be. But given what Tatum was doing, he sort of perfectly supplemented his game as the number two. I just I was so impressed by how he sort of carved out like a a few moments for himself in this game, given what what Tatum achieved. I don't know. Any extra thoughts on yeah. JB? No, I think like just having the context of him coming off of of an ankle injury and, you know, playing through the rust, looking really dodgy to start with and then sort of coming into his own the more the game went on uh, is is wonderful. And also like I thought maybe the I thought maybe the cornrows or the braids were like, you know, cursed because he he did he <laughs> rolled his ankle like 5 seconds into having them. So to come back and to have like, you know, some some really nice play whilst rocking the hair that he has Great, great, great thing to see. I think he also had. I think. I think it was Cam Thomas. I think he got injured, which is why he gave up the pass. Yeah. But like, pu- punched the ball away, hustled him the whole way, got the ball back, and got it, and got an easy dunk too. So like, you know, that's one of the memorable plays as well that I have of of Jalen Brown. But um, yeah, obviously he did, he played his number two role to perfection um, this evening. Even if he didn't, you know, didn't have the perfect game by any stretch. You know, I thought he every he everything he did, he did, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. There, it's a perfect, uh, perfect summary. 
Uh, Reddit mm. user Jordan Wolf 98 said in the post-game thread, it shows how good JB is that some thought he didn't have a good game and yet he still dropped 21 points at less than 100% health. Um, he also had mm. that like steal on KD. I want to say it was in the third or fourth quarter where he just like sort of backdoored him as he was receiving the pass and it resulted in a, a Peyton Pritchard layup, which is awesome. Love Peyton Pritchard. Love to see him get some buckets in, uh, in crucial moments. And that leads us to our honorable mentions, Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I want to start with Time Lord Williams, Robert Williams. Yes, indeed. Five of seven from the floor, 10 points, eight boards, five blocks, four of them in the first quarter. Um, why yeah. do I sound so excited about this? Because he's a, a pillar of my dynasty fantasy team, but setting the tone there <laughs> for the Celtics. Um, any thoughts on, on Time Lord Williams at Jackson or any other honorable mentions for yourself? Time Lord's just going to Time Lord. I think we, right? <laughs> we, we know what we can expect from him now. Yeah, he'll have, he'll have his monster games. He'll have his quiet games. But now his quiet games are basically 10 and 10. Impactful. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, uh, if, you, if you want easy money, pretty bet $10 on Rob Williams to score the first basket pretty much every Celtics game. You're going to, you're going to get more of them than you I would, don't. I would say guaranteed honest. money. That's, that's more of a guarantee than any other bet you could ever make. Shit. Enos Cantor was getting them like, you know, two years ago. We just, we love to just go to the bigs to start with. And when you have, you know, Robert Williams and his skill set as opposed to an Enos Cantor, oh, good Lord. Yeah, it's going to happen. So, yeah, no, I'm with you there on Time Lord. You did mention Peyton Pritchard. Again, didn't have much to do, but he was, he was playing in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've mentioned that Derek White has was having the greatest game before, and I think I think Adoka recognized it. And for whatever whatever the plan was, or or whether you know Peyton showed enough to you know warrant keeping himself in there, I thought he was. I thought he did what he had to do well. Hit a, hit big three, I think, in the fourth quarter as well too. Early huge on. three. I think there was one sequence as well. Yeah, there was one sequence as well where I think Kyrie had the ball, and Kyrie thought, "Oh sweet, I'm gonna just eat this little white dude up for for breakfast." And Peyton just stayed with him the whole way, and he forced. I think it was a pass to Bruce Brown, who was completely wide open, and just he just airballed a layup. I don't know if that was the same play, but I remember the sequence of Kyrie running baseline and having to like kick it out, and I'm pretty sure it resulted in us getting the ball back. So, you know, little things like that. It's great to see Peyton involved. Um, yeah, man, I, I loved everyone's performances tonight, but I feel like, you know, being solid without being spectacular was the name of the game for most guys, um, and everyone just did what they had to do. Yeah. Like, solid team win. Uh, on Peyton Pritchard, though, there's a user Z or Z for our uh, Antipodean folks, Z Money 743 who uh, said, has anyone else noticed Pritchard's improvement on defense? And they go on to say, was it just me who thinks that he's a solid defender now? He's obviously small, but he's got good fundamentals and a solid IQ. And the most important part is his hustle and intensity. Full court pressed every second he was in the game. And to add to that, like he had one play where he disrupted an entry pass to, I want to say, Goran Dragic, like not so much an entry pass, but like a cut and, and Peyton Pritchard like followed him perfectly and disrupted it. And that resulted in a, a turnover and a Tatum three in transition. And then he stole the ball like straight up from Kyrie Irving, who, like you said, was like, I'm going to own this guy. This is in the fourth quarter in a close game and stole the ball. Uh, he also hit that crucial three in the fourth, like you said, to keep us in it. Like that's just solid minutes, and and the spacing that that Pritchard allows us in lieu of Dennis Schroeder um, yeah. is just insane. Like it's su- it's such a nice turn of the season, and I'm so happy as a as a fan, of, obviously someone who's been following Pritchard since he was drafted, that Pritchard is like part of this journey of of success and like part of the turnaround and like a, a key contributor. That's just uh, mm. that's just really good to see. Grant Williams, not the best shooting game. Didn't, you know, um, I don't know the right metaphor here, but like I want to say like didn't like submit a lot of TPS reports from the corner office, right? Like, <laughs> but just saw... <laughs> yeah, he had, a, he had a day in Luton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's taking, he's taking an Chuck audio. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he was solid defensively and like major props. Like mm. firstly for like rocking up to the game in a robe, as tribute to Marcus Smart and his birthday. Yes. Play of the game. Uh, yeah, play of the game before it even started. And secondly, <laughs> for not being afraid to talk some serious shit to KD, there was like multiple instances where he was yeah. just like talking his shit and didn't necessarily bother KD, but 
the fact that he was like talking his shit, I don't know. I respect that. I feel like Hansel and Zoolander now, who's like Sting, like the fact that he's making music, I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to give props to Grant Williams, who's like you know relatively nobody in the world of like that Kevin Durant is living in, and yet just like constantly mm. talk shit the whole game. Shooting a better percentage from three from Kevin Durant. There you so go. that's what I'd be telling. That's what I'd be saying if I was Grant Williams, and I think he knows it too. So absolutely. <laughs> no, you talked your shit, Grant. Yeah, no. If you if you're not gonna if you're not gonna knock down corner threes and the yeah, just just get lippy. You know, he, he finds ways to contribute. Daniel Tice played a solid ten minutes in this game. Uh, plus eleven, good for second on the Celtics behind Jason Tatum. No field goal attempts and shot eight free throws. Unfortunately. <laughs> Missing five of them, but the yeah. the effort to get to the line and like to sort of like I don't know like take the canter role further than like what we've known it to be in the in the several canter stints on this team so far. I, I just I've walked away feeling impressed from Tice. Maybe um it's rose colored glasses because of the win, but I just felt like yeah he's a third string center, and despite mm. missing many free throws and taking no field goals. Like still pretty reliable, pretty solid. What do you think? Well, he's he's su- he's such an upgrade over Enos Freedom and you know uh, the garbage time Bruno Fernando and you know it, it you know it's sentimentality. You know he's he was here for like you know some of the fondest memories that I have of a Celtics fan, and now now he's back too. He also had one of his signature seals. It wasn't that dominant, <laughs> but um, it's. It was it was on Kyrie actually. Yeah. Tatum's driving to the basket and he just sticks his shoulder out ever so slightly. And I don't think Kyrie wanted a bar of that contest anyway, but I just just enough to sort of make him go ah whatever. And then you know t- that ended up being Tatum's I think forty fifth point or something like that. So you know he, he, he finds a way to make himself useful. And you know even if he's you know you know pass at the free throw line, then hey he's he's getting to the free throw line. You know that's that's something to be said. And yeah, no solid contributor. Solid contributions absolutely okay so we've talked about jason tatum we talked about the supporting cast i feel like we've we've done a good summary of the game moving on slightly to sort of broader team news jackson what's the bigger news item out of these two the Celtics sign nick stauskas rather or source castillo i should (laughs) say to a a two-year deal uh and also ime udoka coach of the month for february Nine of two in the month of February, uh, and the team had a 101.4 defensive rating in that time, which is absolutely insane. Of those two news items, which is the the standout one for you? Um, it's it's not as obvious as I probably thought it would be to start with. I really think the acquisition of Stauskas, particularly if he's like any semblance of himself in the G League over the last you know couple games, where he had like a hundred points in a game or whatever it was, some some Wilt Chamberlain yeah. shit. <laughs> I think that's going to be super important going forward. You know, he's probably not going to crack the rotation immediately, but I mean, if he's another like reliable three point shooter, then I mean that's just another like that's just another weapon that we can get that we can have at our disposal. And I think we can probably use all the shooting um, that we can get our hands on at the moment. You know, I think that's going to be low key a really, really cool move. But despite that, I still think you got to go with a Doka. And I think because we talked about it earlier, the journey that we've been on through this season. You know, like the the lows of the low when we were in like you know, you know, late November. You know, shooting one of forty against the Clippers and losing to like you know the Minnesota G League team. <laughs> I, I I think I don't like to say I told you so, but I think I maintain for most of the time I've been on this podcast throughout the season, I still think it's too early to judge him. Even when he was shit, even when we were terrible, I'm still like, I still think it's a little bit hot to kind of go off on a rookie coach this early. But I was definitely wavering. I was definitely like, there's a point where you, you can't sort of give him the benefit of the doubt anymore. You've got to yeah, be critical. How could you not? Danger Cart went on like a, a late night rant about how bad he was at one stage. And I'm like, yeah, this is probably accurate. But I mean, the guy found a rotation that he trusted that worked, probably did other stuff, probably been working behind the scenes the whole time. Very, very short rotation, let's be fair. <laughs> a very short rotation that's probably going to burn out and like bite us in the ass in, in, in the future. But again, he's a rookie head coach. I think he recognized what the problem was, said, this is how we fix that. And I don't think there's any other way to do this. And for whatever reason, be it coincidence or be it by his own doing, the team 
bought into that or started playing what they needed to and winning coach of the of the of the year we could win coach of the year depending on how absolutely we go. Yeah. um winning winning coach of the month is is just utter vindication i think of 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 the work that he's been putting in because i think everyone is lining up to you know you know confess their sins and say i'm i'm, I'm sorry saint Dime, please <laughs> forgive me um i'm not quite doing that because i, I was i was with him the whole I, time i'm but, doing um, that i was yeah, not with him and i am apologizing that's, that's totally cool <laughs> no worries at all but yeah no ema winning coach of the coach of the month fully deserved and it's just it's just a great for him to have on a personal level not just as a holistic picture of where the celtics are and how well we're playing at the moment because he deserves props based on just the effort that he's done to turn this this sinking ship of shit into something that we now believe to be almost a contender you know what yeah, i mean it's absolutely remarkable. a contender and and you're right that is the the more major news item if it were the Source Castillo signing, then he would have played today, which he didn't, you know. So, um, mm. at best, he's got like an Aaron Neesmith, you know, slice of the rotation, um, which, as we know, does not get much of a, a playing part in important games. So, nope. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he is obviously hot from three in the G League. Aaron Neesmith was very hot from three in college. Can either of them be impactful from three in the big leagues, in the NBA? Um, hopefully, one of them will, will come through because we, we certainly need it. And with Jason Tatum making the plays that he has been with Marcus Smart, becoming this like Dennis Johnson elite point guard who doesn't shoot and just makes plays, uh, we need guys who can catch and shoot and knock down three-point jumpers. So, good signing and great nickname. Um, I think another good thing to touch on, Jackson, is... What remaining questions are there for the Celtics? Because throughout the season, it feels like they've answered the majority of them. Um, are there any sort of standout, glaring questions that remain for you that you know you still doubt about this team? Um, I wouldn't say anything's glaring at this stage. I think, I think just given well, I don't want to harp on about you know how bad we were versus how good we are now. I think turning that around is, says a lot about a team's character and a lot about a team's ability. But there's still this 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 niggling feeling that we might just be riding you know a wave of momentum that could eventually run out. Like, do I think we can honestly go toe for toe with someone? With with a team that's got Joel Embiid and 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 James Harden playing at their peak, I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't have that level of confidence yet. So I still have doubts about our ability to match up talent for talent with some teams. Yeah. But we have a lot of playoff experience that I think will go sort of unrecognized or underappreciated by some. And I don't think that can be. I think that's going to be very important for us going forward. So, I mean, all that's really left for me to see is can Ime's rotations, you know, sustain themselves? You know, are we playing too many guys, too many minutes, too much now? You know, is there going to be gas left in the tank at the end of the season? I don't know. That's probably the one thing that I'm thinking of. But again, probably the the worst time to ask me, how critical can I be of this team yeah. after a performance <laughs> like that? So yeah. I would probably go with like the rotations if I have to. To wrap up here, yeah. what was the worst look for all involved overall? The Kyrie sucks chant or the big baby sneaking into someone's seats? And we've got the clip here. <laughs> Of Big Baby, which we're going to run now. Third personal foul. Oh, these are awesome? All right. Oh, it's all Big Baby. Would you let Glenn Davis have your seat? The crazy thing is, like, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't... seem to know where to go. Like, he's not like, yeah. oh, I'm just, I snuck ahead one row. Like, he's like, oh, like, <laughs> is someone else going to offer me a seat? Like, it just seems crazy. Like, he's got a, a huge... I feel like that's him That's him playing dumb. It's like, oh, are these, these your seats? Oh, by the way, I'm I'm, I'm Glenn Davis, championship winning for basketball Boston Celtics member. Yeah. You mind if I sit here? Like, yeah, no, these are my yeah. seats. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll just go to the back. You might remember me from 2008. Um, but yeah, that, that, was a, that was a pretty bad look. But the Kyrie, I thought the Kyrie sucks chance it was pretty, funny. pretty bad as well in that, you know, it was while I think Jalen Brown was shooting some free throws and... You know, there mm. are things to celebrate, you know, through chant or, you know, whatever your thing is. And to, to chant about Kyrie Irving at that point just seemed, I don't know, just tasteful. So what did you think out of those two was, was the worst look? Ben, you've always been the more mature adult 
in the in, in the in the virtual podcast room. So I'm I'm allowing you to continue to have that title. <laughs> I love the, I love the Kyrie the Kyrie Sus chances. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. Jalen Brown's shooting potential potential free throws, but I think everyone realized the game was over by then. We hadn't really there hadn't been a Kyrie sucks chance so far. There's a lot of booing, yeah. but I mean, here's here's the thing: the guy stomped all over the Celtics logo about eight months ago. The guy said he was going to re-sign with us, ended up leaving. The guy quit on us in the middle of the playoffs when we could have really used him. He's an anti-vaxxer. He's just a completely insufferable oaf of a man. But it never got personal. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just yeah, Kyrie suck. You're a basketball player. You're getting paid X million dollars to play basketball, and you can't even do that most of the yeah. time for whatever reason. So I mean, Kyrie, I agree that Kyrie sucks. If they were like throwing bottles at him or someone run on tried to punch him, yeah, that that's that's thuggish. You don't want a bar of that. And it's always better to be the bigger man and like probably just celebrate the win rather than than shit on Kyrie Irving. But I mean, no, I mean if if if, if 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 it's petty and it's it's childish to like to to rub it in the face of someone like that, then sign me up. The big the Glenn Davis was the way worse. <laughs> I agree <laughs> unanimously for for yeah. in my and that's opinion. saying something with with Kyrie involved. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and check out the YouTube channel for some video accompaniment. We're always throwing up little snippets and plays to go with what we're discussing on the podcast. Also, you may have noticed a new show on the feed recently, The Spoonie Celtics Show, hosted by one Wayne Spoonie, where he helps us to better understand the Celtics through stats and trends and player comps and things like that. All good stuff. Go check it out. Jackson, this was fun, man. Thanks again. It was a fun indeed. Thanks, Ben. Cheers, mate. Guys, we'll be back later in the week. Until then, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.